0: Hey, it's Ian Altman. The key to selling anything really comes down to trust. And on this episode, we're going to focus specifically on trust and how we can build and engender trust with our clients. The best place for us to start looking is internally. When you're out shopping, and let's say you walk into a store, and the hyper-ambitious salesperson walks up to you and says, may I help you, how do you typically respond? Most of us respond and say, oh, no thanks, just looking. Why is that? Why do we feel that way? Well, the answer is that none of us likes to feel like we're being sold to. And when I speak with organizations all around the world and I ask that very question and I say, well, so why do you give that answer? What they tell me is this. They say, well, I don't want to feel like they're just pushing something on me. I don't want to, you know, I don't believe that they're looking out for my best interests. And... That's exactly why we're resistant. Now, what if they came up to you instead and said to you, hey, I see you're looking for something. It looks like you got a pretty good handle on it, but I don't want you wasting time if there's something you can't find or if there's a question you need answered. So I'll be right over here. But if you need anything, please feel free to reach out. I'd be happy to help you. We'll probably say to them, no, 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 don't go anywhere yet. Here's what I'm looking for. So what changes in that moment that makes us receptive to their help? And there are a few key principles I want to share with you that can make a difference for you and your business and how you engender trust with your clients. The first thing is this. Your goal is not to make the sale. Your goal is not to get the order, because when that's your goal, it's obvious that all you're focused on is your own self-interest in selling something. Instead, your goal and initial contact with a client should be to understand their situation to see whether or not you might be able to help. And so imagine at a first interaction, if you said to somebody, look, here are the types of problems we're really good at solving for people, and we've had tremendous success doing that, but I don't yet know if we can help you. So I'd like to learn more about your situation to see whether or not it's a good fit. Now, that's something that in same-side selling we refer to as the same-side pitch. And that's kind of an abridged version of it. It's in chapter four of the book. And it comes down to these three elements, entice, disarm, and discover. First, we entice by sharing problems that we solve with dramatic or extraordinary results. We then disarm the notion that we're there to sell something by acknowledging that not everybody is a good fit for us. And then we trigger a discovery phase to learn more about their situation. So the first step in this notion of building trust is to disarm the notion that we're just there to sell something and the easiest way to do that is not to just be there to sell something because if you are that becomes obvious the second step is to understand that when we're having a discussion with somebody about an issue they're facing sometimes the issue is worth solving and sometimes it isn't and the stereotypical salesperson thinks well my job is to convince them that they need this And the reality is that your client should be the one doing the convincing rather than you doing the convincing. So your client or prospect, you should ask them questions like, so I see you have this issue going on, but what happens if you don't solve that? How important is this compared to other things on your plate? Because what I'm trying to determine is, is this a problem that's worth solving for them? Or is it more important to us than it is to them? Because in the latter situation where it's more important to us than them, We have to bring our wallet because they're never going to pay for a solution. Building the right sales talent in your organization can be a challenge. I mean, how do you know which candidates are going to do well and which ones aren't, and even which questions to ask in the interview process to figure it out? Well, you don't have to struggle with it anymore. The people at Peak Sales Recruiting have come up with a free sales interview guide. And if you need help finding the right candidates – These guys are total rock stars at finding those right candidates and helping them understand why they'd be better off working for you than somebody else. To get their free guide and to learn more, visit peaksalesrecruiting.com slash Ian. So now we've got this idea of we're disarming, and then we're making sure that we're qualifying so that the client can convince us and themselves that this is important enough to solve. But we're not done yet. See, what we have to figure out now is, well, can we deliver the results they need? You might be wondering, well, how do I know what results they need? You don't yet, so we have to ask. And we ask questions like, so what would make this successful? What could we measure together that you could hold us accountable to to make sure we get the results that are meaningful for you? If you're going to make an investment, we don't want you spending money and not getting results. In fact, it's a cornerstone of my business. I never want to speak in an event where I can't move the needle for their company. I never want to do a workshop for an organization where I can't move the needle to help grow their business because it's bad for my business long term. And you should, think, you should think the same way in your business. What are the things that you can do to ensure that they get success? Now, as part of that, you have to do a little bit of doubting Thomas's. You might say, okay, so even if we did everything on our end, what would prohibit you from getting the results that we talked about? See, now what we're doing is we're asking questions that are the kind of questions they would be asking themselves. Their own internal project team would be asking questions like, well, why wouldn't this succeed? But now you're asking them. And what it demonstrates is that you are more committed to the outcome or result than you are to the sale. See, my friend Mark Bowden is one of the foremost authorities in the world on nonverbal communication and body language. And Mark explains that, When someone's meeting with you, subconsciously what's happening is they're constantly evaluating, is this person a risk or are they an asset or someone who can help us? And if we start behaving like a stereotypical salesperson saying, well, we're the best, we're the greatest, we can help you better than anybody else, we sound like a salesperson and clients have learned not to trust salespeople. But if instead we ask questions that look a lot like their own internal people would be asking, if they were trying to make sure this was the right investment, Then the client says, well, this person's more like an asset to us or someone who can help us rather than a threat. So it's really critical that we focus on the results. The last piece we want to make sure we focus on is who else needs to be included. And that's different than asking who's the decision maker because when we ask that question, we never get an honest answer. Plus, when we ask that question, we're kind of suggesting them that whoever you're talking to isn't involved in the decision. So it's going to trigger an adversarial trap. Instead, what we want to do is say, so who else is most directly impacted by this? Who else would feel the results of this more than anybody else? And that's where we find out who else needs to be involved. See, building trust is about focusing on the client and what's important to them first and what's important to us as the seller second. And these elements I just talked about are something we refer to as the same side quadrants. In fact, if you go to ianaltman.com, you can see a video that talks about the same-side quadrants. There are same-side quadrant journals. And the idea is that we break down the areas of a conversation with a client into four distinct regions. And the idea is you take a single sheet of blank paper, draw a vertical line down the center, horizontal line across the center, breaking the page into four quadrants. In the upper left, you take notes pertaining to the issue and what it is that the client's trying to solve. In the upper right we take notes about the impact and importance. Namely, what happens if you don't solve this? In the lower left, we talk about the results that we're going to measure together to make sure that we deliver what's meaningful to the client. In the lower right, we take notes about who else is impacted and what our next steps are. And by following this structure, you can engender great trust. You can shorten sales cycles, shift the focus from price to value, and help your client feel good about doing business with you versus somebody else. If you have any questions about this topic, just drop me a note to ian at ianaltman.com. If there's a guest you think I should have on the show, if there's another topic you want me to cover, drop me that same note to ian at ianaltman.com. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everybody can embrace, especially your customer.